Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 161. Uh, guys, you've been asking. We love him to do them. Uh, I love bringing Steven in. Uh, we've got Jake in here. Uh, Jake needs the break right now to come in and talk some football <laughs> for a while. Um, first off, Jake, for me and Steven, absolute congratulations. And look, you know, I know what you were going through. I, you know, we had a chance to talk and I tried to ease you through the process, but it's going to be a cool little bond as, you know, my 10 year old princess now, you know, a micro preemie, you know, celebrated her 10th birthday on Sunday. And Jake, you got to welcome your first to the world on Sunday, bro. Yeah, man. That's an ironic connection. I'm actually going to put some pen to paper, write about that here soon. The, the small amount of things, actually it's not small, the, the weird amount of bigger things that had to go right for you and I to meet and, and the circumstances and to have my son born on the same day as your daughter's miraculous story and just a lot of really cool people that I've come across since since uh, since kind of talking about the Browns on Twitter who have really Social stepped in to, yeah man, they stepped in to help calm me down and keep my keep my you know significant other calm when she was doing all the work obviously i was just standing there um you know how it is <laughs> Pretty much. and uh, no just just really cool really cool support from people on social media and yeah i couldn't be happier with it and thanks guys absolutely thrilled for you man it's the best thing ever and let me just say you know as somebody who just sent my daughter off to college um the hard part's done for you this next 18 years is all just a cakewalk oh, absolutely. yeah that's what i hear <laughs> you're, you're, on a, you're on a roller coaster. The safety belt's broken, so yeah. You know, but the good thing is, you do have us. So I mean, there are a lot of things we can still continue to share. But uh, guys, like when we get together, we always do the uh, predicting the future with fan speak. Obviously, it's a great tool. Uh, you know, Stephen, we've uh, taken this even a step further uh, with uh, obviously you know, DailyMockDraft.com. Uh, it seems to be doing pretty damn well. People are interested. Uh, you know, I had five requests today just for the link to the Jets page, one in every single draft that I've done to this point. So, you know, it, it, it's a fun way and it's a simple way. Look, you know, whether or not big writers, you know, some of them, oh, people don't like mock drafts. I got news for you. A lot of people really like mock drafts. If it's the casual fan who has no idea outside of the top 32 players, or if it's a guy who, you know, went to Ohio State or is an Alabama follower, they want to see where their guys are being slated. You know, it's a fun little way to write it up. I do a little write-up with each guy every day. I try to make sure I do everyone a little bit different. Uh, you know, we're having some fun with it. You know, something fun to do. Uh, it's simple, and, you know, it, it appeals to the more casual draft fan. The bigger the draft fan you are, I can maybe understand. I can. But, look, we're having a little fun with it, and let's not piss on anybody's parade here. Um, yeah, we, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been a blast. We're uh, we we launched a week ago. Uh, we still have a few teams that we are. I'm talking to some people that we're still trying to fill in the writers. But uh, just based on you know, I mean, anybody listening knows what my timeline is. I do a you know a Browns mock draft every day, and it's become this thing you know that people like they want to know and they want to see this guy and that guy. And I added the videos and everything. And so I thought, you know what? I, that's probably not something that's unique to Brown's fandom and apparently it's not because we're less than a week we're over 30,000 visitors already and um, it's it's we're trying to get to every team every day we're almost there we have about four or five teams left um, and like Jeff said it's uh, we try to do a little different one every day what if this happens what if they trade this guy what if this guy retires what if they trade up they trade down and and it's more about um, to your point where the you know the some of the bigger draft guys say oh people don't want to see everything you know every day of these mock drafts I, I disagree because uh, 
you know, the three of us and, and a lot of the people who are listening, we're kind of freaks in that we look at these guys all year round. We've been looking at video of these guys since August. The most football fans start now. I mean, the guys that you're picking in your mock drafts in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, a lot of people haven't even heard of them. So they want to see the videos. They want to see the Edo Smiths and, and the Jaleel Scotts and, and those kind of guys that, that you know we are familiar with, but a lot of people aren't. So it's been fun. Uh, the people that are, I mean, you're doing, you're crushing it with the Jets draft. Everybody that's doing it has, has been great. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to visit, uh, if I can do a quick little plug here on, on Locked on Browns, if you want to visit dailymockdraft.com, we'd love to have you. Come on and tell us we're wrong about everything. Everybody else does. Okay, and guys, like as we've discussed, we've done every one of these scenarios a, a different way. You know, we've done the number one overall pick. We want to do one quarterback one time. We want to do it another quarterback the second time. We played the scenario of, oh my God, Kirk Cousins chose Cleveland. Guys, look, still to this day, None of us think we're getting that rose, okay, guys? Uh, we know Kirk Cousins is doing a right. lot of homework. And, uh, you know, of all the teams looking for quarterbacks, you know, we're probably, you know, the ugly girl with the big tail still wears the night braces standing in the corner, all right? This one we're going to do tonight. <laughs> I this... can't believe you went there in 2018, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, metaphorically speaking, obviously. <laughs> but um, the other scenario, and this one looms large, and it's funny because... Some people don't think about it whatsoever. There are some guys who are pretty much, you know, do believe the fact that he is gone. Uh, we still don't know. You know, part of me thinks that, yeah, Joe could be gone. Part of me thinks that Joe wants to play this podcast world out so he can play one more year and walk into whatever radio job he chooses. You know, whether it's a Mike Golick type of thing where he goes big network of an ESPN type of thing. Look, he's damn good at this. And I was actually yes. poking Steven today. I said, I want to crush everybody in the numbers, but I'll never beat Joe. So so if Joe wants to go off to that world, <laughs> hey, that's fantastic. It truly is. But um, so we're going to play this with scenario that, you know, maybe Joe Thomas got the after football offer that he just couldn't turn down. And you know what? He's, he's going to bid adieu and he's going to move on. And he's no longer playing the NFL, which obviously, as we've said on many, many shows, changes the Browns offseason plans. It's a pretty big, pretty big slot to fill. Yeah, it's. Uh, I personally, I, I fall on the side. I think he's going to come back. It just the kind of competitor he is. I mean, ten thousand snaps in a row. I don't think he wants his last snap to be when he got injured. But if he does, then it absolutely changed. Personally, I would, um, and I'm going to here when we start in a minute. I'm going to lobby hard for trying to fill his, not fill his spot, but bring somebody in. Uh, in free agency over uh, going one of the top picks in the draft um, because, here's my reason, uh, the tackle class, um, it, it, by all accounts, we're still early, but by all accounts, it's not particularly good. There's, there's, I think the only guy I've heard spoken about with any regularity with the term franchise is uh, Connor Williams, and that's if he's back from his injury. And if we want him, we're going to have to burn four on him. He's not lasting to 33. And I think four is a chip that needs to bring back. It needs to be spent elsewhere. Therefore, I would lobby that we need to go uh, go hard after somebody in free agency. I don't know where Jake falls on this. Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, you know, I get I, I this would be a worst case scenario. Right. Just, just because I don't. I don't fully trust Sean Coleman at right tackle right now, let alone losing, you know, what Joe Thomas is. So 
if that does come to fruition, I think they'll have to attack somehow, some way in free agency. I wouldn't be opposed to going after the biggest name at left tackle out of New England. You know, um, right. Mr. Solder would be it would be a good idea. I just think that they have to look at it in multiple ways. You're, you're right. The, the, the problem with the draft and thinking we can get one in the first round is that it doesn't align positional value, not positional value, but player value, like you guys said, at four. So if the trade back scenario happens, then it might make some sense. But, uh, right. you know, I, as, as the status quo is remaining, I think they, they will probably address it round two or three. And then they would try to, I would hope they would try to get somebody in um, that has the potential to play left tackle for him. So, you know, I think that they're looking, even if Joe stays, I think they're looking at somebody in round two, three anyway. I just think they right. know they need to replace Joe Thomas, and I don't know how they feel. I can't, having watched every game and breaking down these things, I just don't know how they could feel all that great about Sean Coleman. The potential's there, but I just don't feel 100% like this is my right tackle for the next 10 years. So not to say he won't be, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that they'll address now, whether they go to the highest level to address it is is to be seen i know that if if joe decides to leave it'll it'll certainly put a put a chink in their armor i'd imagine dorsey and company are already planning on the worst case scenario as is so yeah let's try to address that in free agency i would say i think you put that actually good the way you said it jake i think there's probably two ways of looking at it you know there's scenario a there's scenario b um but we do have um spencer durango who played and look he wasn't all bad he wasn't terrible Roger Johnson is still a wild card in the room, but either way, it, where do you it, sit on him, Jeff? I didn't get I didn't get a chance to see so, much of him coming out. It's so hard to say because um, he was he was terrible in his bend. Um, he, you know, I, he wasn't very athletic, big, strong kid, but you know, didn't possess you know what you needed. You know, probably projects maybe more as a right tackle. But you have Sean Coleman there, and look, Sean Coleman's not moving off a right tackle. You know, if Joe leaves, you know, Sean's probably set in stone at right tackle just because of that. But, I mean, you will have enough numbers to field a decent offensive line, but then you also get things like, and these are things I've heard is, you know, you know, I, I said this earlier in the fall, you know, people kind of, you know, kind of poo-hooed at it, but from what I hear, and now Lance Zerling, uh from NFL.com has said it too, Connor Williams is going to, he's going to show up at the combine and he's going to look like a guard. He's not going to measure like a left tackle. And no, he's I, not. Yeah, so I don't think people are understanding this, so it's not a great left tackle class. So, and right. like you said, Jake, you're not going to draft one top ten because you say I have to draft a left tackle. You know, yeah, I not, think I think you're not going to pass on a see... star player from another position because you absolutely need a left tackle. For sure, I think you're going to see a surprise <clears throat> name back into the first round too. Whether that's Tyrell Crosby or someone, I think Mike McGlinchey will go way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think just by sheer, like you said, you're going to look at Connor Williams and be like, that's a guard. I, I want him to be my tackle, but I feel like he's a guard. So he's going to slip a little bit, and someone's going to fall in love with what McGlinchey looks like, you know, just standing ne- – he's a behemoth. So standing next to that guy, you're going to be like, we need him. So he's going to go – people need tackles, so they always get taken surprisingly. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody slide into the back half, the, the, you know, 25 to 30 range um, that we don't expect to fall there. So. Yeah, but they're also going to a better situation. You, you, I mean, you look at what the Giants did. Right. They did a left tackle, and they drafted Eric Flowers. Here they are three years later, still <clears> trying to sell the fact on Eric, Eric Flowers is getting better. I mean, yes. you know, yeah. they weren't even confident enough to put him at guard. So, you know, so. Right. Uh, there's sure. there's a couple guys. You mentioned Tyrell Crosby, and anybody who follows me knows I really, really like him. And I like Jamarco Jones as well. I even really like Martinez Rankin. And if you want to talk about guys like Alex Kappa and these other developmental guys, I think there are some guys – that are that are going to be good long term 
you know, tackles and some of them left tackles in this league. But there's a difference between drafting a guy at the bottom of the second or the top of the fourth and hoping he becomes your left tackle in three years versus, versus a, a guy, guy that you draft, you know, in our position at four. Or even if you trade down to like 12, you draft a left tackle at 12 or 15, you're expecting him to be your left tackle now. And I, even as much as I like Tyrell Crosby, and, and yeah, he could prove me wrong, but I don't think he's that guy right out of the box. So if Joe were to retire, heaven forbid, I think you're right. They would probably go after Nate Solder as hard as they can. But is he going to leave New England? I mean, you yeah. know, with his family situation and the winning and losing situation and everything else, uh, you know, because as far as I know, their cap space is... I mean, obviously, they don't have our cap space. You know, Belgium doesn't have our cap space. But, you know, they've got enough to make him the offer that he needs. So, I mean, we can go after him. But are, are we going to get – what do you think the odds are we get him? Well, and the other thing is, is he going to go from the Super Bowl to the team that's right. drafting one and four? So. Yeah, I don't, so know. I don't, I don't, say, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. I just sent you guys the uh, – I sent you guys the list in our simulation of the available tackles. And uh, there's a couple. Uh, that I like. There's some lower cost options. Um, speaking of New England, Adrian Waddle, uh, but he's injured frequently. You got Chantrell Henderson uh, up in Buffalo. And then a guy that I like, um, uh, Christopher Hubbard uh, from Pittsburgh. He played really well for, I think he was eight or nine games, something like that this year. And he's 26. Uh, he's big. He's mobile. Um, and I, you know, who knows if he's that guy, but for our needs and our fit, and they could get him for a decent contract, I think that would be the guy they probably would go after hard. Me, personally, looking at this list, I I have to agree with you. I mean, Nate Solder's here, and, I mean, you know, for the sake of this, you know, he maybe would come, you know, for the right dollar amount. But, right. Uh, you know, anybody worth it. But the other thing is, is you always wonder is if, you know, you got a guy to come out of New England, is there a reason he got out of New England? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, are you going to, we'll sure, we've got a zillion dollars in cap space, but I mean, again, how much more are we going to have to overpay for him to come here rather than New England? We can try it if you guys want, but in this particular situation with the list that I sent you guys, uh, Hubbard would be my number one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they swing for Solder because I think, I think that they, they feel like they have a pretty good offensive line and they want to anchor the offensive line, at least the last regime did. That was clear they're trying to build both lines. I do think they'll swing for Solder. I don't know if that comes to fruition either. I don't. I mean, just my opinion, I would try to throw money at him, see what happens, because you would hate to, to draft you know, the statue that is Josh Rosen, wink, wink, and not have his left, not have his left side protected. So I, that's that. I, I would imagine they spent so much money on the interior of their offensive line that they're going to feel like we have to commit to the edges too. So, sure, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of swinging at Solder and then falling back on Hubbard. Um, okay, that's just me. All right. Um, first of all, we're going to fight on that on that statue comment. Second of all, uh, throw me a number. Um, what do you want to throw at him? Yeah, man, I haven't researched the market of where the top tackles are being paid. What do you think, Jeff? I, I mean, is is what do they creep into? 14, 15, 16? Or is it higher than that? I mean, if you're talking about getting a guy out of New England, yeah, I mean, you, you're definitely talking teens minimum. I'm yeah, I don't know what the top tackles you, you know yeah. the you know the app better, so I would say you know, minimum fourteen. 
Yeah, I uh, honestly, anytime he's been there in the in my daily simulations, I haven't even gone. Just I haven't even tried, just because I don't think he's coming. But I would think let's start at fourteen and see what happens. Um, all right. Now, uh, obviously, the other place we want to do, uh, we want to go cornerback or and wide receiver, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I believe that's fair. All right, let me. I'll send you guys the cornerback list first here. Yeah, so we offered 14 uh, for Nate Silver. There we go. It's coming through now. Um, and we're doing this one live again this time uh, for everybody listening. We did, we did the free agency before, last, uh, before we recorded last time, and for, um, for some reason everybody didn't like that. So uh, we're going ahead and doing it, uh, doing it this way again. Yep. So there you go. There's the top half. I'm going to send you another one uh, with the rest because there's a bunch. But with, um, this, with this class, I'm only looking at the top list. Well, there's a few, few guys that are interesting down in the bottom here. So, yeah, but I'd rather go youth almost. I would think because it's a deep class, and you know, some right. of the twelve. It's 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 the loveliest mix of you know money and picks. While we're waiting for all this to load, guys, there we uh, go. You know, here's a great time, uh, guys. Uh, go to iTunes. Go to Spotify. Subscribe. Leave the five-star review for Lockdown Browns, guys. Please. Appreciate it. Uh, the following, you guys, the support, everything has been outstanding. All right. Uh, for those listening, uh, Trumaine Johnson, who seems to be everybody in Cleveland's number one target for free agency, is not available in this particular scenario. Uh, so the top of the corner list is uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, Breland, Bonte Davis, uh, Johnson Batamosi, uh, Brent Grimes, Kyle Fuller is there, and then a little bit down the list, still listed as a corner, is LaMarcus Joyner. That's a good um, move by his agent. And then uh, Rashawn <laughs> Melvin. Down, down at the bottom of the list, Rashawn Melvin uh, in Indianapolis is a guy that if they strike out on the top uh, line guys, I would be interested in him at a, at a reasonable contract. This, he's only got the one year, but he played really, really well this year. Um, and if his injuries are behind him, could be a find. Yeah, I've been back and forth on Malcolm Butler. The Super Bowl is an extremely weird situation. I don't see any way he goes back to New England. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he tries to get on the open market. Um, it's a way he just didn't play well this year either. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like it was it was just. Right. One, I mean, the guy just didn't play well. Well, that's the thing um, though, because like nobody wants to believe the outright like he was just benched. Well, you know, oh well, he played all these reps. They don't have any other cornerbacks. It could have got to the point yeah. where they're like, you want to know what? I'm sick of this dude costing us. And it's not going to happen yeah. today. Although I do you know, think I there's would... more to the story than we know. Oh sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if it came to it and we miss on some guys. If and this isn't a far-fetched scenario where Malcolm Butler's just sitting out there in Cleveland with their rolled-over cap space, which is obviously a good chunk of what they have as rollover, which is only used for so long. Um, to consider the, a one-year one prove year prove deal, they, uh, Butler, I, I, right? I exactly yeah. where you were going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But you guys have known me long enough to know I love Kyle Fuller. He's my yep. target yep. number one, and I'll throw the market at him because I think he's just got he just oozes potential, and he just keeps getting better. I don't I still don't think Chicago lets him get away, but that's another no. conversation. Lamarcus Joyner um, is a Swiss Army knife back there who I continue to want to do mock drafts involving going after that guy. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I would I, agree. Um, I if we're not going to go, yeah. If we're not going to go, Malcolm to Butler. Is, yeah, because go ahead. Last thing they need to do is create another hole. It's, you know, for them. I mean, what's the point? Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. So if we're not going to get Butler, and if you know, for I, I I'm not uh, deep into the Rams. I don't uh, cap situation, but I know it's tight, and I know they got a lot of guys coming up. So everybody seems to think True is going to hit the market, um, but if he doesn't somehow, uh, and Fuller does, I think they throw the the kitchen sink at him, like you said. So let's go ahead and do just, that here. Just imagine a defensive backfield that has Minka. I don't get my head of myself on where I want to go with four, but Minka, Joyner, Kyle Fuller, Brian Bodie, Calhoun. I mean, you got guys that can just play anywhere. Yep. Who have just utter flexibility. They can roll safeties. They can jump in and out of cover two, cover one looks. I mean, it's. It would be one of the more versatile defensive backfields in the in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I just offered twelve five to uh, Fuller, and what do we what do we, what do we think Joiner's going to get? I've heard anything from people saying like eight to nine, and then other people saying eleven to twelve. I can't I can't get a handle on uh, what Joiner's going to get on the open market. I would go eleven for Joiner. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like the upper upper part of that. I they're going to have to pay. So obviously going twelve or so wouldn't be wouldn't be wild, but. Right. You you know, we've taken an approach here. I know that it's easy for us to sit on the sofa and just say, hey, give them money. But, sure. but we, that's what they're going to have to do. <laughs> it's, if they want to they want to add three or four free agency pieces, they're going to have to pay these guys. Well, and right. the other thing is, though, is within the negotiations, look, they got to find out who's real. Do you have real interest here? Because then we'll talk real numbers. You know, right. I'm willing to pay you. I mean, are, are you just here to, you know, get your sandwich and get on a plane and go to the next place and say, well, this is the offer I got from Cleveland? You want to right, sign a contract exactly. today, here you go. Tell us what you need. And don't kid yourselves out there. That's going to happen as it does every year with Cleveland. Uh, there are going to be more than one guys at different positions that come in and basically use us as leverage, you know. And so everybody's going to get all excited because, you know, so-and-so was in town and when they had absolutely no intention of signing with the Browns. So... But yeah, they're they're going to have to overpay. I don't think they're going to have to overpay as much as they would have last year or the year before. But luckily, like uh, like we've been saying, they they have the money to overpay. And with the rollover yeah. cap space, how that works, they can overpay this front year load them. Yeah, and front still have guys. for when our guys come up next year and the year after and the year after, still have sixty seventy million. You know, so if you look at what yeah. San Francisco did with Garoppolo. That's exactly. a prime example. Dude, take a boatload of money right now, and you want to know what? Well, you know, We can worry about what we need to do when we're competing for a championship when we're ready to compete for a championship. Right. Yeah, they're going to have to be savvy about front-loading and making those things work for the year. Because, like we talked about, there's a little misconception with how much they actually have for the long term. But, yeah, right. I mean, I think you're going to have to sell them on a vision. you got to bring them in. you got to put something in front of them that shows them the vision and the, and the things you have to offer as far as what they can acquire and Guys are going to want to know what they want to do with that first pick. Are they taking a rookie quarterback? All that good stuff. So, right. Yeah. Well, I sent you guys the list for those listening. Uh, uh, for the third time in four attempts, <laughs> Allen Robinson is not available. I don't know what it is. You guys are jinxes. I get him every day. But um, he's not available. So the top of the board is uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Lee, Paul Richardson, Mike Wallace, Jordan Matthews, John Brown, and then on down the line. Um, so, Jeff, uh, lead us in. As the more and more, look, I mean, with each passing day, you think, look, Josh Gordon is staying the course. Obviously, it's the biggest wild card going. But right. what you look at here with these guys here, nobody's replacing that, you know, with the guys that are available to us here. 
Um, Sammy Watkins is interesting. A lot of you're, you're talking about today in this simulation, not in well, exactly. But each passing day, March. but here we oh, are. Okay. Yeah, but here we are to February, and look, it's still look. Josh Gordon has been the good soldier now for three months. Right. So you hope he's continuing to stray that course. Um, this is a name we've talked about earlier, you know. And Paul Richardson's a guy who seems to stand out here. I think he's a guy, you know, he can open things up for Gordon underneath. He can open things up for a Corey Coleman underneath. Obviously, the tight ends. Paul Richardson is a guy who kind of stands out in this group. You know, Jordan Matthews, I like in his role, but I have Duke Johnson. I have the tight ends. I don't see where he fits for me of this list. I'm never paying Jarvis Landry's price tag. He's a good slot wide receiver who has no athletic ability. I mean, the guy's got a 28-inch vertical. If you give me a week, I can give you a 28-inch vertical. So, <laughs> for me, Paul Richardson is the guy here because I think he's relatively unknown, but he's good in his role, which can open up an offense. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't think um, you like Jordan Matthews. I'm not I'm not against that. I do, I do think there if, if Jacksonville decides to bring back A-Rob, uh, Marquise Lee is an interesting name um, uh, that 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 could certainly pique some interest. Just just as somebody to bring in for depth, because you know we we keep saying they're a beer and a finger away from <laughs> being back to nobody. So right, um, yeah, and I think it's important to to make that distinction here. You're talking about people go, oh, why don't you? What about this guy? What about that guy? Why did you take this guy? You go, well, there's a group of guys. A Rob would be among them. Uh, for some people, Jarvis Landry. Uh, for other people, Sammy Watkins. Those are your guys that you call at 4.01 p.m. on March 12th. But then there's a bunch of guys in here. Your Jordan Matthews, your your Marquise Lee, like you guys said. Um, uh, there's a few others on this list that maybe it's not the guy you're going to throw the kitchen sink at. But if you end up with them, it's not a bad thing. I mean, they're... They're good, you know, but they're your second tier guys. And I would throw a guy in, and, and some Browns fans are um, familiar with this name. I would throw in Albert Wilson out of, uh, he's down at the bottom of the list there, out of uh, Kansas City. Uh, Dorsey drafted him. He's sneaky. Uh, he's very uh, athletic. He has obviously everything that Dorsey looks for, and they would be able to get him. I don't know if on the cheap is the right phrase, but at a very reasonable price. So. I'm with you guys. I'd go Paul Richardson. My second choices would be Marquise Lee or uh, Albert Wilson. Yeah, they just have to end up with somebody in this group. I mean, they just they have to f- sign some kind of wide receiver who's been around. Whether you get them on a cheap veteran deal like an Eric Decker, I don't. I don't care. You just have to add some depth to the to the rookies you're going to bring in too. Right. Yeah, okay. Rookie, I've, did you send? Go ahead. Did you send two on the wide receiver list or three? Yes, uh, two. Because I'm not seeing Albert Wilson on here. Oh, did he not make the cut? Yeah, there's only, he, yeah, there's yeah. only so much I can uh, no, get on the bottom yeah. list here. All right, I mean, if he's on there, that's fine. Yeah, we'll put a couple of bucks on him. And the saddest part is, guys, here at the bottom part of the second list is Ricardo Lewis, Sammy Coase. <laughs> this right. is, you know, yeah. let you know that, you know, obviously, you know, uh, we need some more Chiefs here and less Indians. So the numbers I've been seeing for Paul Richardson are 8 or $9 million, uh, as we are trying to get people to come to Cleveland, I'm going to go to the high end of that and offer them $9 million. That's unreasonable? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's been my – when I see a range out there for anybody, I always just assume the top number <laughs> if we're going to get them to come to Cleveland. Uh, uh, and then some. And, you know, yeah. a, and a free, you know, free uh, salon for life for his wife and, you know, daycare for the and kids. And 
I would like to, I mean, we're not going to offer him here today, apparently, but I'd like to get your guys' opinions on uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, because from what I saw, obviously his numbers, he wasn't the number one guy out there, uh, but they had a lot of weapons. But if you look at inside his numbers, he was healthy all year. Uh, he caught, I think, every single one. I don't think he had a drop, uh, maybe one or two all year. All of his targets, he got open, he did his job. Now, maybe he's never going to be that guy that Buffalo traded up for, you know, uh, but I think if Josh Gordon stays healthy, he could be very, very interesting uh, in that uh, in that uh, a wide receiver room. What do you guys think? I wouldn't, yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't turn it down, but I think the thing with Sammy Watkins is is he didn't like Buffalo because because of the injuries, I think he felt because of the weather. And he mm-hmm. went to L.A., rebounded, and, you know, I think Sammy Watkins, and I forget who it was, but he did a great article, you know, because he, he was kind of rough on him early and caught up with him in L.A. It was kind of like, you know, look, I'm going to write about you and we're going to forget everything about the past. And it seemed like Sammy felt, for him, being in the proper place was a lot more than the money. Being in the proper place allowed him to be great and allowed him to put up numbers. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't know why. I don't think Sammy's this type of guy. I think he's different, but it just reeks of another Kenny Britt situation or, or or who was before I'm drawing not, a blank guys too many too many Dwayne hospital Bo. hours. Yeah, Dwayne Bow. And it's not that. No, but, I'm just saying I think it just feels the, like it. Yeah, I think it's the I wouldn't say the attitude and he's gonna cause problems. It's just that he feels he's not in a situation that's best for him. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. And I and it just it just has that that sort of vibe. But I mean another guy I don't mind taking a look at too if we miss out on Richardson is Randall Cobb for the right kind of short term contract too if he mm-hmm. hits the mark. I don't Sure. That's where I'm at with it. Right? Okay. Uh, uh, where else are we going in free agency? Are we going to do uh, try to find an edge, or, um, or are we done? Because I'm looking at the list here. I can send it to you, but Ziggy is available in this. And if he, if he, if you ask me right now, I lean towards uh, him and the Lions making nice with each other eventually. But I'm if they don't, I'm not paying that price tag. Mm, boy, yeah. that would his be pro- his production last year was over two games. I Still, think he had, what did he have? Eight sacks, and I think six of them were in two games. And you know, you want to know what? Don't come to me looking for big free agent money because he had three sacks versus the New York Giants. <laughs> My wife could have had three sacks versus the New York Giants. All right, so are we not not going to go for uh, anything else right now? When we just submit these and see what happens? Because I think yeah, because yeah, I think edge wise, because you don't need and you know everybody. Oh well, Bradley Chubb. No. You need yet another pass rusher, but you don't need the top pass rusher. Even, you know, a Teray out of Rutgers. Just a guy who can, look, you know, Elmas Doomerville type. A guy that has one role on your team. You know what? It's second and nine. It's third and six. Otherwise, you're over there, man, grabbing a Gatorade. I got guys who can handle every other down and distance. Yeah, now, obviously, with the Bradley Chubb thing, like I always say... You can't ever be mad adding a guy like that to your team because he's a top talent. But unless things go crazy in free agency, I can't see how that would make sense. But no, it's, a, it's a luxury right. pick. Yeah, it's a luxury pick, and we're not in a luxury position. Yeah, <laughs> or a team that just slipped like Tampa Bay, who who has some pieces there that they just had a bad year with sure. a variety of things that happened, and they they feel like they need to improve that one. They're just there are other spots that are more important that I think we can address, and I think you're going to see an uptick. you got, you got to remember, man, 
these things don't stay flatlined. There's going to be progress from Miles Garrett. There's going to be progress right. from a healthy Ogba. There's going to be progress from you know Ogan Joby and Ian Brantley. Yeah, there, there's progress there. And draft some guys, man. You got a good young group. Draft them, let them come together, and 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 save your money. Don't go after. Don't waste money on Ziggy. Don't you know? I, I think that they got a good core. They've done that the right way. Add a couple guys late, um, and 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 see if you can make it a, a young group that can be you know five to seven years playing together. Yeah, sure. I mean, and the other thing is, is do not spend so much time on what is the best unit you have. Yeah. Right. So much time, so much money. I mean, you know, the we the D line is is certainly not anything that's keeping us up at night. I mean, yeah, yeah. like I, like like I wouldn't be mad if they if they somehow put. Took Bradley Chubb at four. I mean, would I be mad? No, he's a heck of a football player. I wouldn't be mad at him, but I would. I would just say, you know, why? Why? Why is that a right. necessary move right there? It's the same with signing. You know, if they went after Ziggy, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at them trying to improve the football team, but I do think there's something to be said for an area you can never have enough pass rush. Sure, but you got to think they they didn't have a healthy Miles. They lost. They you know they they, they obviously lost to injury. Um, Emmanuel Agua. So they're going to be okay, and they're going to get better. So. I just think that their dollars could be best spent somewhere else, and, and, and there is a lot of one-trick pony guys. I think in the in the in the day two, late, late day two, day three area that could really help them. Especially sure. when they walk into a meeting room with Agba, and they walk into a meeting room with Miles Garrett, and you know whether yeah. or not you know you have yeah, either way, Joe Thomas is always going to be an ear these guys can lean on. So. Yeah, yeah, it's all sure. about asset allocation, and that's why uh, you know we have people since the Eagles won with the you know. Uh, you should invest all of your money in your offensive line and your defensive line first. And why can't the Browns do that? Well, they did. What have you been watching the past two years? Anyway, uh, oh, and as far as quarterback, I know we talked about, uh, or I think we talked about, we're not going to spend a lot of time on free agency quarterback uh, today just because, A, it, all it does is create arguing for a guy who ultimately everyone wants to be a backup. And B, I think we're all agreed that if he wins his hearing here in five days, it's going to be A.J. McCarron. I mean, there's just no two ways about it, so let's not yeah. waste a lot of time talking about it. And that's another topic that we should probably touch on. I always find this theory a little bit interesting that, that guys get so um, underrated that they become overrated. Does that make sense? That You, you, you think a guy's so underrated that – I think it's turning into the opposite with A.J. McCarron where people think he's so overrated that now he's a little bit underrated. I I would think that he could provide something. I mean, let him compete. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, sure. we all want to hate A.J. McCarron because who do we associate A.J. McCarron to? Hugh Jackson. <laughs> and that's logical. But, like, I think he could be okay. And, he, you know, if you go back and watch those games he played in Cincy, they, weren't ba- they were certainly a lot more stable than what we saw last year. So there can be, it can be a situation where he's okay if he comes in here and competes and wins and starts, his, you know, some, some games and – you know, it's not the end. Of, I guess I'm telling Browns fans not to jump off the uh, jump off the ledge. It it could be okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, it's ultimately in the long term plan. He's not. He's not the guy. So why everybody gets so bent out of shape about it? And also, I mean, I don't think he is. Uh, but he's played what four games? He could be the next Montana for all we know. He could come in. And light it up. For all we know, we have absolutely no idea. Um, yeah. But well, for for me, it's a. I'm not giving up picks. If it's money, exactly. that's fine. I'm not giving up draft picks because you want to know what I, you know. AJ McCarron's going to be 28 years old. I'd rather go right. find you know a 22 year old. 
know, and if I got to draft two quarterbacks because that's how safe I want to be, or I'd rather bring in the you know Drew Stanton, Chase Daniels of the world, because AJ McCarron's not going to want to come play that role. So if I got to give right. up picks, which is now hurting my roster for a guy who I'm hoping doesn't have his job by Halloween, right? And that was going to be a disgruntled guy. No, I'm, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I mean, I'm with you. I get that he isn't a veteran. He certainly hasn't taken enough snaps for you to feel good as a veteran. I do think there's something too hanging around the NFL every week and studying games with Andy Dalton and and learning football, the ins and outs of how to play it. There's something to him wanting to be in Cleveland. There's, there's some okay I, – I guess what I'm saying is when I sit back and analyze it, I'm okay with certain aspects of it. But I'm with you, Jeff, and I think everybody could, on, on any side of the fence with this whole thing could agree that it's certainly not something we want to see them trading anything for. If you can sign him for a, a, a one-year, two-year incentive-laden deal where he comes in and he really competes, that's fine. I, the reason I kind of like it, I, I kind of don't – I guess I don't like it. I'm not there yet, but – He's going to come in and compete to start. He's not coming in to sit no, back and I, teach I, somebody. I, I, I agree with he's right. coming yeah, like, in. He thinks he's somebody. He does yeah, think so, he's somebody. Right. It yeah, could so work could, out or it could burn out, quick, flame out quickly. Yeah, like if they draft Josh Rosen or, or if they draft Sam Darnold or, or the world burns and they draft Baker Mayfield, they th- this guy, this <laughs> first pick, isn't going to come in and just be able to sit back and coast thinking, man, this is my team. I'm saying, like right. you got a guy in AJ who's hungry, man. Like He wants to prove himself. He's going to show you the right way to do things because he was doing the right things in Cincinnati from all you know accounts that we've heard of. You know, so if they want to sign him, give him a you know one year five million dollar contract if he can reach incentives on it. You know, maybe a, a one point five guaranteed, and he can get there if he gets some numbers or you know two year. I don't care. I just I'm okay with guys competing. I don't like you said. There's no way you could justify giving up anything that you currently have other than money that you need to spend. You know, you can't give up draft picks. They're too valuable right now. But, yeah, there's something to that. I think that I think we've gotten to the point where we all cringe when we hear the A.J. McCarron name, and I'm just not sure that that's totally fair um, all the time. Well, there are worse – like I always say, there are worse outcomes. It's not yeah. what you want, but it could be a lot worse, you know? And, yeah. again, it, it, you have to define, are you bringing him in as the guy? If, it, yeah. if it's A.J. McCarron – and then punt on QB in the draft, then I'm going to be angry. But I don't think that's that's what's going to happen. If it's AJ plus, insert your favorite QB at one, I have no problem with that. And you know what? First of all, like you said, he's going to want to try to prove things, not only to Cleveland, but if he's coming in competing with a number one overall draft pick, he probably knows he's probably not going to keep his job. So he's trying to prove something to whoever signs him next year. Yeah, And he's going to make the number one draft pick better so bringing him in as long as you don't give anything up whatever it's ultimately in the long term big picture hopefully anyway he's inconsequential so yeah i mean if you look at the negatives and positives of it it's an interesting thing i thought i thought way too much about this in my downtime lately like you know he obviously knows what hugh jackson wants he's spent enough time around him he's going to know how to practice he's not going to be somebody like i'm just saying the name jeff brought the names that get brought up chase daniel drew stanton types who know what they're coming in to do is just right. to be a piggyback to the next thing. Like this guy would be hungry. He would show them not by teaching them because he's going to compete, but he's just going to show them like, Hey, I'm doing it this way. I've been around the block. I've been around a quarterback room. I, I've been around playoff football teams. This is how quarterbacks do it. Um, and I'm going to beat your butt for this job kind of thing that would make a young rookie quarterback say, I need to step my game up to get there. So that, that part of it, I actually kind of like, 
um, you know, is Hugh Jackson going to be here more than a year? Who, who knows at this point? But there's there's certainly merit to uh, positivity with him and without him. So. I also would like to note before we move on here that um, we just spent 10 minutes talking about something that I said we're not going to talk about. So <laughs> I, I just That's wanted that noted out there. Um, <laughs> I need to talk football, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've got uh, Nate Solder uh, accepted our deal. Uh, Kyle Fuller and LaMarcus Joyner. Paul Richardson turned us down. All However, three. he's uh, – yeah, we got all three. Paul Richardson oh, turned okay. us um, – so uh, he's still out there on day two, so you want to – how how high we went nine million? How high do you want to go to try and no no wait a minute? We just got we just got a left tackle and we just got Joiner and we got Fuller. Right. I got news for you. Free agents, take a seat, fellas. We we, yeah. we don't need a wide receiver free agency free agency now. Mm, see, I would yeah. uh, because for all the reasons we talked about before, especially if the same guy is still there and it's just a matter of another million or so. I think we need. I think we. I think they have to bring in one guy. I think they have to somebody. I, I, I like I said from the jump. I'm not sure they can get Paul. I think Paul goes back to Russell Wilson. Um, I, I mean, I I just kind of like the veteran, not a veteran that is a a 35 million dollar Kenny Britt contract, but a veteran that is I can still play. Give me money. I'll play on a one year, two year deal. I keep going to the name Randall Cobb. That guy just has been around good quarterbacks. He, he he's yes, he's older. He's about 27, 28 now. He, but he's been around good quarterbacks. Obviously, the quarterback. And he knows how to win, and I just think he would teach some of these guys who are obviously going to draft the right things to do, and you can still produce. So, um, his right, name well, on a Randall Cobb. Yeah. Shoot. How much? What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Steven knows this better than me. I got to figure. You know, you know, you got to. You're the wide receiver guy. Yes, I'm the wide receiver guy, but and it's fine because you have a slot position locked down. You got to figure eight. No. Steve? Okay. All right. Let's see what he says. Got him. There we go. Cool. All right, but, so we're done with free agency now. Stephen, like we've been talking about lately, you know, through the messages, you know, I think you can come up with a a B scenario to Gordon Coleman. You know, this this draft class. Granted, you do not have, you know, besides Calvin Ridley, in my opinion, you don't have a clear cut wide receiver one, but you have a lot of smaller, shiftier guys, and then you have your taller, jump ball, you know, high pointing type of guys. It's either this is it in this class. It's these type of guys. So I think you can bring in a guy or two that you can, you know, go with your your understudies if you want to use that term. Sure, yeah. absolutely. And it's like you've said before. We said I think we've said it every single time we do this. Um, it's a guy that if the worst happens and Corey gets hurt and Josh does his thing. Now you're not asking this kid to come in and be a wide receiver mm-hmm. one. I think you want to, you have to have another veteran in there so that at worst you're asking your rookie to come in and be a two or a or, three. And he's also a guy that can look to these kids and say, guys, look, come to the crib, hang right. out, let's watch some film. I'm going to get you through this, you know. And then, but you know, Duke is good in his role. You're going to expect more from David Njoku. Yes, I'm okay with this. Okay, uh, on to the draft. Obviously, we're up first, and uh, I don't think there's any disagreement that uh, we, all three of us, we should discuss this this part before we decide. I I know all three of us are firmly a quarterback at one, but the uh, Saquon Barkley at one folks are adamant. Um, uh, If I can, I'll go first. My main reason for, well, there's two reasons. One, 
we haven't had a quarterback in 25 years, and we have the it's it's a deep class. Whichever one of these guys you like, there are four, even five guys being talked about as quote unquote worthy of the number one overall pick. That does, just because there's no consensus guy, that doesn't mean you go, oh, well, we're not going to take any of them then. No, that means you pick whichever one you think is best. There's five guys that are worthy. You have to trust your eval at that point. And two, if you look at the way the draft is falling down, I know there's all kinds of wild rumors out there, but if it doesn't go quarterback at one, quarterback at two, and then the Colts either trading out for somebody else taking a quarterback or the Colts taking Bradley Chubb, I'll be stunned. So if you really want Barkley, he'll still be there at four. I mean, we're pre-free agency, so a lot can change. But as it stands right now, I will be shocked if he's not there at four, if you want him. So why would you not take your guy at one and then take him at four if that's the way you want to go? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I think Saquon's a really good football player. He's uh, great. He's, he's really good, but you got to justify and he, you got to be, you got to, you got to really guarantee he's going to be a game changer up there where he's taken. Um, I, I obviously want him, you know, you guys know we've had this talk now. I want them to take a quarterback at one. If Saquon is there at four and Minka's there at four, they have a tough choice to make. Free agency will play a factor in it. If they get Kyle Fuller and they get LaMarcus Joyner, maybe they don't feel compelled to take Minka um, because there are some slight concerns about what he is as an NFL player. Um, sure. And I don't, I mean, you know, if they draft Saquon Barkley or Minka, I'll be tickled. I mean, I, I, I think that either of those guys can be immediate culture-changing football players. Um, neither of them should go number one overall, but at number four, their options are there for them to take one of the two. If we've done this draft enough, I'm guaranteeing he won't be there based on what, what the teams behind you behind us take. But, no, nah, I, I think that either one of those two I'm fine with. I've kind of started to settle into the groove of – it's probably one of those two and, and, and nobody else. See, for me here, here's the thing. Now, now keep in mind, we're playing this scenario that Joe Thomas has retired and we just signed Nate Solder. So you're taking your quarterback. And look, Greg Gabriel was, you know, brought this up this week. And a lot of guys give him flack. And, but, you know, like, the guy was in front offices forever. So he's entitled to his opinion. Nobody needs to dog him on Twitter. Yes, maybe they do not like their best maybe quarterback is not the number one player in this draft for them. That's fine. But do not put yourself in a position at one and four where you are choosing a quarterback who is not your number one quarterback. Exactly. You know, I mean, and look, it's just that simple. And look, whether or not, you know, if you get to four and it comes down to Saquon and Minka, look, you we've brought in Fuller through this scenario. We've brought in Joyner through this scenario. We know what we brought in, regardless of the cornerback listing, we know why we brought in LaMarcus Joyner. So we know maybe Barkley would be the guy in this scenario. Right. It's your damn quarterback. Don't overthink it. And the other thing is, look at your franchise. What is the joke? You look at the list, which is, you know, can go from my roof to half, three quarters of the way down my driveway. Rank your quarterbacks. Who is your favorite? Who is your top? Take the damn guy. It's just that simple. It sure is. I mean, I, I, the, the way I, the simplest I can put it is if you pick your guy at one, you're picking who you think is the best of the best. If you wait and take him at four, you're picking the best of what's left. And now, you, yes. know what, though? you could be left with three quarterbacks, but in one, two, three. Now, what do you do? Now exactly. you're going to trade away assets when you had every opportunity to take the guy who you wanted. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I think the fact that, that, that we're, we're picking again at four makes it so much easier. That's e- it's even different than last year picking at one and 12 because you remember we had, there, was, there were people out there, not a lot, but there were people saying they should have gone quarterback at one. Okay? There were, but it wasn't, there weren't as many guys being talked about at one as this year's class. And we, our second pick was at 12. Okay? This year you're picking at four. So let's say, yeah, okay, let's say the, the rumors that the Giants are going to pass on quarterback, when, even though Eli's 37, are true. I don't buy it. But let's say it is. And Saquon Barkley goes at two to the New York Giants. Now you're left at four with either Minka Fitzpatrick or, like we talked about before, Bradley Chubb and one hell of a running back class, a good chunk of whom are going to be there at 33 and 35. So there, there is no scenario uh, that I can see anyway. I mean, who knows what comes out of left field. But there's no scenario where, where I can justify not taking a quarterback at one in this class for this team in this situation. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. All right. So now that we moved on to that, let's get on to the real argument. Which quarterback? Well, how have we gone with these two? We, I know we did Rosen once. Did we do... We, I think I, we did Baker, didn't we? So no, we did, did Kirk. We did Baker the first time, and then we, we did... did, Baker, uh, then, we did then we did Yeah. I, I, I mean... I, so for this sake, I think we should go with what everybody in the world is saying right now will be the Browns' number one selection, where we are currently. I mean, everybody to the man says right now, Sam Darnold will be the number one selection. Granted, there's still right. combine, there's visits, all that stuff. So right. I guess if we've done it this way, we might as well go, you know, to the third. Look, as much as there's five guys who's worthy, there's only three guys who are possible in this, and the Sam's to be the third. Yeah, if they trust that Sam Darnold can be that guy, who am I to say they're wrong? Um, I don't. Sam's going Sam's to win the whiteboard. He's going to win yeah. the interviews. And, and the thing is, you know, Josh, everybody wonders is is he going to buy full into what it needs to be? And this is what Sam is. Sam is what. You know, the old regard of NFL, he's the guy they fall in love with because, you know, he's going to call you at, uh, at, you know, 6.15 on a Tuesday morning and say, you want to know what, that play on second and seven, the second quarter with seven minutes and 30 seconds to go. I thought I saw this, and that's where a guy like Sam Darnold is going to win over franchises. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think, I don't know. I think any of these guys can be really good at the top if they get if they get the situation right for them. Right. Um, I'm still, which is weird to say, I'm still not settled on who I prefer. Um, so for this scenario, Sam Darnold's fine with me. I think he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I said something like this online. Uh, uh, I don't know, three four days ago, I ranked my guys again, and I felt bad putting Sam Darnold fourth because that implies that I think there's some huge gulf, some gap between him and one, and it's not. They're so close. They're all so good. And and this goes back to what we were just talking about. Personally, for me, Sam Donald fall, falls fourth, but if they took him at 1.1, I'm doing backflips. That's how good this class is. That's how stupid it would be to pass on quarterback at one. I have no problem. I, everybody, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Josh Rosen is my guy, but if they take Sam Darnold, am I going to jump up and throw my hat and and yell a bunch of curse words like I did when they took Whedon? No, that's not going to happen. The only guy that that's going to make me do, that's going to make me do that is, uh, is Josh Allen. But uh, if they they want Sam Darnold and they think he's the guy, like Jake said, 
Who am I to tell them they're wrong? And I go back to, you know, when I had Dan Orlowski on the show, and he's like, look, you don't teach guys to play like this. And you know what? Nobody looks at Tony Romo film and says, you know what? Well, do what he did. Look, it's, 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 at times it's a little ugly, it's a little funky, but he makes it work. You know, granted, yeah. he's, he's got a, a day-to-day thing that it needs to work on with footwork and his mechanics. Right. But he is the guy that he's shown to this point, and he's only 20 years old. He's shown that, look, every day football is his life. So, yeah, you know, that's he, what he, you go with. he finds some comfort in uh, chaos the same way Baker does. He never really seems concerned. When things are flying around him, like you said, there are points in his game that he has to clean up and just become better habitually um, with his with his you know front hip guide and footwork and those things. But he he's one that I will say, and I think a lot of people have said, you better have somebody you know in your organization who can who can play day one. So right. um, you know, if in this scenario, if they think AJ McCarron can can hold the ship down at a competent level. I, I'm okay with that. I feel like those two would work fine together. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, it's probably the scenario we're looking at. Like Jeff said, it, it's the most plausible scenario. And I, and I don't have, I don't have a problem with it to be honest. I can be talked into any of these five guys. It takes a, it takes a lot for me to be talked Four. into Josh Allen. Yeah. It takes <laughs> a lot for me to be talking to Josh Allen. But if the plan is right with Sam Darnold and they have a good plan with A.J. McCarron or whoever, um, you know, as a veteran, as that still has to play itself out, I, I can I can get behind it. I'm not I'm not opposed to I'm not like you said, uh, Stephen, I'm not going to throw my 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 hat across the room and pout about it. I think it can it can work. I think there there are four guys who can be really good NFL quarterbacks. And for us to pretend like we absolutely know who's going to be the best is, is a bit pretentious. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and uh, the things with Darnold, I mean, it's, you know, it's been documented a, a million times. His footwork can be, it's wonky pretty consistently, and it can be atrocious. Uh, the, the delivery can be, it can be an issue if he doesn't fix it. But he's played, what, 20 games? 20, 22 games, something like that. I mean, he's a redshirt sophomore. Of course, he's going to have things that he needs to fix. So, and 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 like you said, it's all about the situation. He, if you're looking for a guy to come in and start day one, I think we're down to two guys, really, uh, and he's not one of them. But if you got a plan that he's going to sit for at least a good portion of the year, and you have a guy that can come in and give you adequate quarterback play, then yeah, I mean, why Why wouldn't, who would be unhappy with a guy like Sam Darnold? I will say it's interesting. We talked about this for briefly off air, and I want to bring it up and get your guys' thoughts on it, it that, that some of his strongest supporters, they say uh, his best attribute is how he operates outside the pocket when things break down and, he, and, and he's running around. And a lot of those same people will then turn around and their biggest knock on Lamar Jackson, which is untrue, is that all he does is run around and he can't operate from the pocket. I, I don't see how you can justify both of those opinions. First of all, that's not true. Lamar Jackson does really good things on a regular basis from the pocket. But if yeah. you're going to love one guy because he operates outside of the pocket, you can't then turn around and hate another guy because he operates outside of the pocket. Yeah, it, if, if, you, if, you, if you spend any time actually watching Lamar Jackson, you'll see that his 1,500-plus rushing yards come from true read option. Um, right. You know, they, they develop run game things for him. So he, he gets his naturally through through run schemes. He does not – he's actually one of the few I see very rarely run around and throw – like 
like Baker is is more and Baker is Mayfield isn't even that guy either. He doesn't he doesn't run around and make things happen like Johnny did. Like Johnny was a wizard at that. That's a right. skill. Like there was a skill for him in college. Like I, I mean Baker does more of it than Lamar. So if you're saying Lamar Jackson does that, you're saying it because of preconceived notions that you have of what he is based on the obvious. So um, you know, like we always talk about, get your quarterback education from your own eyes and the right people that you follow that you can have good banter with. Because, um, you know, I think that you can say that Sam Darnold is is pretty good outside of the pocket. He finds, like, like I said, comfort in some chaos. And he is. Um, and he is. But he, he can also sit in there and sling it. I have issues about right. the fumbles. The fumbles really concern me. Um, I think it's where he holds the football and how he holds the football. I'm interested to see what his hand size is, too. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, like I said, the, the, the top four, if the plan is right, it can work for any of them. Um, they all have things that they have to clean up. They all have things that people think about them that are unfair. Um, and it's not going to change up until draft day. You just have to trust <laughs> no. that your guys. No. You just have to trust that your guys in, in the front office, and it's a pretty good front office on paper, they're going to make the right choice. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm sick of arguing with people about it. I think we can all sit here and, and pick things that we really like and don't like about all four of them. But if you're going to tell me that there's no clear-cut number one guy and you shouldn't draft one because there's no clear-cut, that is just, it's foolish. And, insanity. And, and it is it is pure insanity. You Just you, you, just because there's not a clear-cut guy, like you said, Stephen, you, doesn't mean you don't take one. That's like having four really good beers in the fridge and saying, ah, I can't pick one because I can't tell which one I want the most. You pick one. You just pick a beer. Like you well, pick yeah. the one you want the most, and you go with it. So, you know that's that's what they're gonna do, and you, we just have to trust that what they do works out in the long haul. There's there's a big difference. I think we should clarify because we've hit on this a couple of times. There's a big difference between what we're saying, which is there are four guys, five in, in some people's minds, worthy of the number one pick. So it's all about preference and fit and scheme and all those other words. And there's a big difference between that and. There's five quarterbacks, but I don't know if any of them are worth the number one pick. Those are vastly different scenarios. If you're in the second scenario, then yeah, maybe you don't take a guy. In the Brown situation, they probably would anyway, but maybe you could justify not, not picking one. But in the situation we're currently in, where there are four or five guys that m- numerous people say are worthy of the number one pick, you absolutely do not pass. You pick your favorite, you trust your eval, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. But you shoot your shot. Exactly. Yep. Now, Stephen's yep. going to submit yep. the card here. And the thing is, and look, you know, I, you know, guys, with Lamar Jackson, I just don't think this is the team for him. Because you need a team that's going to think outside the box. And you look at this front office, and there's a lot of, you know, old standing names. And you look at Hugh Jackson, who runs what he runs. You know, you need to think more like what the L.A. Rams are doing. And, you know, what Tennessee just did with the offensive coordinator they just hired for Marcus Mariota. You know, Lamar Jackson could be a fantastic NFL quarterback, but it's going to take a system and a team that's going to say, you want to know what? We're going to use a little bit of what you're fantastic at, but we're going to need some real solid quarterback play. And part of Lamar's thing, which people get down on, is Lamar Jackson looks around and says, you want to know what? All of a sudden it's a close game, and guess what? If I don't make the freaking play throwing the ball right. or with my legs, guess what? It's going to be an L today. And it got it, the worst part for Lamar is it, it, he got better as the talent around him got worse over his right. career at Louisville. So it's tough for him. But I, I got news for you. He falls somewhere in late first round. Oh, baby, it's going to be perfect. 
Yeah, I'm telling you too, man. If if Lamar Jackson were in this year's or next year's draft, and even the year after it, he's the first pick, and we're laughing at not having him the first pick. That's how good this group is. Yeah, exactly. He's um, the quarterback's job. Basically, when you want to boil it down to it and strip everything away, is to make the best decision of who's going to win this play. And in Lamar's situation at Louisville, nine times out of ten, he was the guy. I mean, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that guy, he might make the play, but I know I can make the play. So it definitely affected, you know, I mean, it had to uh, because, I mean, he's so electric and his throwing got better. He has a lot to work on there still. But his, if you look at his freshman year tape and his sophomore year tape, he improved and he improved the areas that people said he needed to improve, which shows me work ethic. It shows that he understands and knows what to do to correct things, which is huge for me. So anyway, we, we took Sam Darnold. The, to sum all this up, we took Sam Darnold at one. We're now sitting at four. I have sent you guys the board. I think yeah. I know what you're going to say, but let me throw it out to Jeff here. See, but the problem here is, is though, is we kind of filled these holes. I mean, I see his name there, and it's it's tough. My first instinct. Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick is still on the board. Yeah. Let me tell everybody who's listening here. Um and yeah, I mean, if you, you look at it, there are some other names and everything. Yeah, we did get LaMarcus Joyner. We did get Kyle Fuller. But if you take, here's why I would argue for Minka in this situation. If you take him on t- top of that, now you've got LaMarcus and Minka, like Jake was talking about, who are both Swiss Army Knife type guys. And you now you got Kyle. McCordy. You wouldn't even need McCordy anymore. And right. Yeah. I mean, I think they would keep yeah. on. No, but I mean, but, you can make him you a know, June first. Sure. You can make him a June first cut. I sure. Mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, it's almost like, look, if this is the thing, your D line is deep and elite. Yeah, I mean, you just you just go get him. Oh, and yeah. I should I should mention this too. Bradley Chubb is off the board. Just so, he went to the Colts. Just so well, everybody knows. wants to know, yes, Barkley went, and obviously Chubb went. So there were your two and three picks. I guess the Giants right. decided just to, you know. Give Eli no all line in a running back and look right to retread it. Would be stunned, but yeah, apparently that's what they did. So yeah, I think uh, it's certainly between Minka and and, and uh, Saquon here. Now, if this situation no, so became a, a reality, so, yeah, this is big. yeah, no, I, I know yeah. in a realistic world, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it you know, Quentin Nelson's going to be a Pro Bowler for many years to come. Whoever gets him is going to be really lucky. Um. We're not that team. I do think if this situation somehow became a reality, they would entertain the idea of moving down from like oh, four absolutely. to eight. Yep. And 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 even with Minka, but this is this is our situation where they've already signed Joiner. But if they if they had Minka there, I don't think it would be crazy for them to trade to four or eight and try to pick one of the two of uh, Denzel Ward or Josh uh, Josh Jackson at, as a corner at that spot too. So um, you know, it's. Uh, it's interesting what they would do there, um, but yeah, in this situation where we're not going to trade, we're not moving or anything, it's it's Minka and and I'm a, I'm 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 pretty happy to have him. Yeah, absolutely. If this exact situation situation came up, because uh, the people listening should know, Josh Rosen is still on the board, Baker Mayfield is still on the board, and uh, as amazing as it is, Lamar Jackson, there's three of them, so there the phone would be ringing. And to be perfectly honest. I don't. Depending on where Kirk Cousins goes, I don't think they would have to go far. If the Broncos don't get Kirk Cousins, I that would be my trade right there. I would go down one spot because then I know I'm still going to get Minka. And, and then if, if I, that happens, but even if I don't get Minka, you know, then I, you know, these linebackers are really appealing. 
the cornerbacks are really appeal, appealing. Sure. I mean, you're you're in a, you know, but all you Browns fans, stop trading down, stop trading down. We want to trade down. So you go ahead and you get the goat here. There's nothing wrong exactly. with that. Exactly. So now you got your top quarterback, and who is on your board the top defensive player? Can't argue with it. No, absolutely not. So uh, I just submitted the card, and uh, we're simulating the rest of the, uh, well, the rest of that comes up. Guys, first round. Uh, obviously, guys, pitchers and catchers this week. Locked on MLB uh, by opening day. There will be every major league team covered, uh, you know, through the Fan Rag Network, obviously through the Locked On Network, Locked On Major League Baseball. Uh, search your team. They're not out yet. They will be up and running soon. Guys, go ahead, check it out. Uh, you know, nothing better than, uh, you know, smell of a new baseball glove and all that type of good stuff. Locked on MLB. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... If they do what they need to do in free agency, or at least some close approximation of it, I, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, I, I would be shocked. I mean, yeah, they could trade down, but I would be very surprised if they just didn't go ahead and pick at one and four uh, in that scenario because you've, you've taken care of what you need to in free agency. Why would you gamble at that point? Why, you know, just, just take your guy, whoever that is, uh, even if... Now, in this situation where there's three quarterbacks left on the board, that's that's different. But in a real-world thing where at least two, good chance of three of them being gone and there's only one guy left, your offers are probably not, unless it's coming from Denver, your offers are probably not going to be, you know, they're not going to blow your doors off. So wh- why, you know, why? Just just take your guy and move on. You got 12 picks for crying out loud. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys, man. It, it, there's no doubt that you you, <laughs> you just got to take your take your picks there. I'm with it. So, All right, we're at the top of the second. I just sent it to you. Yeah, nice. Some interesting stuff here. Some interesting <laughs> stuff here. Um, my yeah. guy, Ronald Jones, is gone. Uh, so I know everybody's looking at running back. Sony Michelle is there. Uh, and he's re- obviously ranked right in this area. But a couple of guys that only occasionally fall uh, to us here in the top of the second round are there. We should at least bring them up uh, in Billy Price and Arden Key. Not a knock on Billy Price, but um, we have a left guard that we paid a lot of money to. We have a center that we paid a lot of money to. We have a right guard that we paid a lot of money to. It's, you know... Again, like when we talk about the defensive line, we've already spent the money on Solder. Exactly. How much can you, you know, make a a ten look more like a ten? Blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes. She's got a savage tan. I mean, what, what do you upgrade the bikini <laughs> at that point? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think it's like we were talking about before. It's asset allocation at this point. And there's the Billy Price is great. You know, whether you put him a guard or at center, you know. He's going to be a, an, an excellent offensive lineman, but for us in this particular situation, I, I don't think it's the. I don't think it would be the right pick here. No, I think that you're looking at you're looking at weighing what Arden Key is worth. You know, this time last year, before he decided to go back to school, he was rumored to be a top ten pick. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of talent. I'm not sure his bend and secondary move are any good at all. He's a pass rush specialist, um, really freaky athlete. But he comes with some issues, some injury issues, and some, you know, obvious suspension issues, too. Um, but, man, he, he's an interesting-looking name there. My, my gut says to trust what you need the most and go with Sony Michelle um, at the top of the second round. And then you look at whether you want somebody to play inside 
like Christian Kirk, or do you want to, you know, look at James Washington on the outside? Um, you know, I don't know what the list is after this, but that that's the list. This is what pops off to me. I don't, what do you guys think? I would be uh, totally fine with Sony Michelle. Uh, I just thought because uh, the only reason I brought it up is it it's unusual that Arden Key is available at 33 and everybody's talking about pass rush with Bradley Chubb and everything. I just wanted to bring it up and throw it into the conversation. Yeah, yeah I mean, Arden Key is really interesting. I think he has a lot of talent, um, but do they do they need that type of player? You know what I at mean? Do they need spot. that risk? Yeah, do they, do they need to risk that uh, defensive end that they don't need, need per se, Right. Um, in a spot that they have players available that they really do need um, in a big way. So at least I know for certain I feel like the top pick should be Sony here um, because I feel like that guy is a hand-in-glove fit side-by-side with with Duke. Bring that dog to the pound. All right. Yeah. Sony Michelle is the pick at 33. Obviously not a lot is going to change, but I will send you guys the updated board here. Or you can just tell us who they pick in between, and we can just... Uh, yeah, it's that list minus Sony, and then the Giants took Orlando Brown, so... Okay. Which uh, is so yeah. much anymore. For, so, uh, for those listening, um, we're looking at... Uh, well, Carlton Davis would normally be my pick here, but we've already got... Two. Two, and, and Minka. drafted uh, Minka, so... Now you're in a very interesting position here. You could certainly go with, uh, like Jake said, your Christian Kirk or James Washington, or if you want to dig a little further, I know all of us are higher on DJ Moore uh, than, uh, or actually he's gone. Never mind, forget that. Um, but uh, because you've got so many picks and you could move up, um, and, and we signed, who did we get in? Uh, Solder, yeah. Fuller, Joyner, and Cobb. I'll tell you right now. we now- got Cobb. Now, now you've sold me. Now, now, now I'm looking at Arden Key. It could be. Yeah. I was just going to say you could go Arden Key. You could go Harrison Phillips is sitting there. If you're not thrilled, I'm more, I'm more if you're linebacker core. You could go Malik Jefferson or Leighton Vanderesh. There are options here. This would be a good trade down spot. I'm I more think. concerned about the pass rush than I am about right. the linebacking core, and I'm concerned about the interior defensive tackles. So here now yeah. that he's still here, you sold me. This is Arden Key. You know, I you know, granted, obviously the interviews went well, and you trust the kid, right? Now, right. All of a sudden, you know, I mean, here's a guy, you know, some people value as top ten, top fifteen potential. Now, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's a no brainer now. Yeah, I think that you get interesting here. My 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 gut reaction before you jumped in, Jeff, was to say, you know, you filled running back, you filled the DB you wanted, the top DB, you filled your quarterback. Those are the needs, and then you know, we'd already filled the free agency needs at tackle. You feel the free agency needed uh, safety and, um, you know, um, what else do we – we got a wide receiver Corner who I like. Wide on the, yeah, the wide receiver who I like on the interior of the of, the, of your wide receiver group. So I look at Christian Kirk and I say, is that a need? Is James Washington a need? They aren't necessarily a need. They become value – not value, but, um, you know, picks that you can just, uh, you know, make because of you're in a good spot. And I think that you start turning to best player available – and Jeff took exactly what I was going to say. At that point, Arden Key starts to make a little bit of sense because he's got the most talent on the board. Um, and then I think, too, we, we all sleep on Anthony Miller a little bit, too. Um, and he's a guy who you could get round three, round four, and still feel really good. You could feel really good about him behind Christian Kirk, you know what I mean, where you take him um, accordingly. And the same with Dante Pettis, getting Pettis in 
three or four instead of James Washington in round two. You know what I mean? You still feel really good about that. So, That's what uh, I was just going to bring up. Um, the other thing that might swing you towards key here is that, yes, Christian Kirk and James Washington, maybe luxury picks, but, man, if you could load up that, that wide receiver core, that would be great. But you look at 64 and 65 coming up at the bottom of this round, and on this particular board, the guys that are going to be there, and I know you guys can't see this, so I'll just read them off. You're looking at uh, Simi Cobbs, DJ Chark, Corey Robertson, Michael Gallup, Anthony Miller, Dante Pettis, all these guys. So is the difference between those guys and Christian Kirk and James Washington enough to justify passing on Arden Key if he falls to this spot? I think that's the question. Well, for me, yeah, that though, answers. I think, I think the wide receiver you're going to be looking for here in this scenario is, you know, obviously Cobb, you know, you know, has a solid, you know, track record as far as being healthy. You're not looking more now your, you know, chain mover wide receivers. Maybe you're looking more your above the rim wide receivers, you know, as far as, you know, your, you know, emergency insurance plan if, God forbid, something happened to Josh. And the other thing is, is as great as it is to have four wide, uh, are we taking David Njoku off the field? I mean, we right. still got packages for DeValve. I mean, we're going to feature Duke. So, right. you know, that, that key's a slam dunk in this situation because you want to know what? The only thing you're asking him from day one is you got one job. You're rushing yeah. the passer on second and long and third and long. Yeah, I'm move Miles you. Garrett inside in pass situations and let those guys nah, twist. I mean, I, or you put Oddball inside. I mean, and yeah. all of it. I mean, it's just it, – yeah. it, it becomes – Miles you know, was really good when they put him inside. I, I like any of them, man. Any – any mixture, let them stand up. Let them good. Right. Let them all four the stand up. Confuse that offensive line, man. Between the yeah. secondary and the D line, you just tell the two of them, "Hey, you know what? Throw something out there. See what you guys like." You know, I mean, as long as you court, the quarterback doesn't know what's going on each play, that's all you need. Absolutely. I just wanted to bring it up because that's the question uh, for anybody else out there that you're looking at mock drafts and you're looking at things. These are the questions that you have to ask yourself: Is the difference between you know, who I'm going to get at 64-65 enough to justify passing on this other guy. And I think we all agree that if Key is somehow there at 35 in this particular scenario, it's not. I think we take Key and and and, and the money and run. So, yeah. all right, let me get to the, get you guys the existing board here. Yeah, we're, uh, we're hitting it hard again, and as everybody knows, these fan speak mocks are, are exactly realistic and a prediction of exactly how it's going to go. So everyone out there listening should um, should exactly yell at us. How it's going to work out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, uh, we're now at sixty-four, and just so those listening, while you guys are looking at it, the <clears throat> excuse me, the top players on the board: James Daniels, Mike Gesicki, Carryon Johnson, Hayden Hurst, Rasheem Green, Frank Ragnow. Uh, Mark Walton, Jerome Baker, Rashad Penny, Taven Bryan, still on the board. Um, uh, Simi Cobbs, DJ Chark, uh, Joseph Noteboom, uh, who made a huge leap up wow. on Matt's this week. Uh, he leads a trio of tackles. Um, about, we're at 64 there in the early 70s. Noteboom, Brian O'Neill, and Tyrell Crosby. And then the edge rushers, uh, which we're probably not going to need since we just took key. But that, that's who's on the board for wow. those of you who are listening. Yeah, this spot gets really interesting. Um, I think Ragnow has a ton of potential, and I don't totally trust um, J.C. Treader, uh, and that's nothing against him. I don't think they pick a center in the first four rounds, but um, that's an interesting name. Mark Walton's an interesting running back who's gotten a lot of pub in the last two weeks. Um, the, my gut here says Taven Bryan, but Taven Bryan doesn't produce like you want him to. God, but, God, that guy gets off the football. Um 
But then again, you don't need. I get this is this is silly. I'm saying we don't need people. My, uh, exactly. My, my, <laughs> we haven't taken a wide receiver. I loved what DJ Shark did down in uh, Mobile. Yeah. He's he's an outside guy, but I, I lean toward. I don't know. I don't know where I lean. I don't even know where I lean here. Can you send the next group of guys too? I'm going to send you the uh, wide receiver list here. I don't know, Jeff. What are you thinking, man? I. I it's sad I, for I, me that I, I'm looking at it and say I want a gator. That's the saddest part. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I mean, keep I'd in move, mind, guys, I, I right now, we I'd got take, back-to-back picks. I would take Brian. <laughs> I would take Brian and and tell Danny Shelton, hey, guess what? Um, you might want to consider putting your house on the market. Yeah. Because you know, before I got to sign you, I might as well move on from you. Yeah, uh, I. It, it'll be interesting to see because I think Brian's this pass rush guy. Um, God, he gets off the football really well. I got to talk to Matt Miller about Auden Tate. First things first is what's going to happen. Yeah, my my gut is Jordan Leslie above Auden Tate. Oh my God, that's terrible. (laughs) Matt, you're going to get a phone call. Matt's coming and Anthony Browns. Matt's coming back home. Yeah, and Anthony Miller and Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, that's that's a bad look. There's um. It, that's the thing, and and like I said, we've got back-to-back picks here, so I think we are at the point where, at this point, if it came like this, I would probably say this is where we take our wide receiver, and uh, you could talk me into five guys here. I know Jeff will punch me in the face if I don't say Auden Tate, but you know, I mean, at, with Pettis, I, I still don't see Pettis currently being valued in the mid to late fourth round. I just, I, I, I don't see that. I think this is a perfect spot for a Pettis. Yes, absolutely. No, the other thing is, is what people don't understand about is you are getting a ridiculous return man. Right. So he has a role walking in day one, even if he is not in, if you call a play for him once every three weeks. Exactly, exactly. Or, you know, I mean, everybody knows I'm a huge Frank Ragnow hive. um, And like, like you said, Jake. Well, we're going back-to-back uh, back here, so it don't matter. I, I lobbied for Treader last year, and he's been good. Um, but if a guy like Ragnow or, you know, falls to this spot, I mean, we're at a point. It's it, it's hard to – it's amazing to say this about the Browns, but we're at a point in the hall we brought in with free agency and what we've picked up in the first couple of rounds here where we're talking about, okay, the, the quote-unquote desperate needs are filled. Where can we just get a little better? Is there somebody that – fell to us that an existing position isn't is, isn't the need but this guy could push that guy out and i think that's where i mean you know i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna bang the table for a center but it, it, the way it's sitting here i'm thinking either wide receiver and Taven brian or if you guys are not thinking about brian then i would say uh uh frank ragno i would go, i think i would go I brian do. or i'd be all right with brian or, or ragno but but dante Pettis. I mean, it's all a question of who you want to give a couple more dollars to as for right. 64 or 65. But Dante Pettis walks right in and is an elite punt returner. You ease him into a wide receiver position. You know, I know I said maybe you need to consider maybe more of the big guy approach, but oof. I don't know. I lean, uh, I lean Taven. I lean Taven because I just really like his potential, um, and you're just taking BPA at this point. But uh, And I swear... I'm okay with that. I, I, sw- I swear Jeff didn't pay me to say this, but I, I think in a year you're probably looking at the uncertainty that surrounds Josh Gordon leaving. Um, 
and I really, really, really like Auden Tate. Oh, that's <laughs> I right. He can you learn. Have, I think he, you made that could, video before we were following each other. That's true. Yeah, I think he could really learn for a year. And uh, God, he he's got he's one of the on this entire list. His his size, frame, hands, high point is like uh, if it all came together. You're talking uh, mini Calvin. Like I know that's wild, but. So here's our compromise, Steve. His ceiling is through the roof, man. So here's our compromise, Steve. That was a we'll, dumb saying. Yes, Steve, we'll give you we'll let Tate go at sixty five. But you can pick between Bryant or Ragnow at sixty four. Then I would say it's in the front office. I would say uh, and we go with uh, Tate and Bryant then. Um I'm okay with because that. Because there's another guy way down the list here, and I can't believe he's still being undersold, that you could plug in at center if you wanted. Um, uh, and Brian Allen from Michigan State is currently valued mid-day three, which is just amazing to me. Um, I mean, he's not a James Daniels or, or Frank Ragnow, at least not as a prospect. But you, you get a guy from Michigan State up front, those guys are mean. They know what they're doing. And, he, you know, he, his bloodlines are good. If you watch his tape, he moves people. He's quick. He's smart. So I, I at this point, if Taven Bryan falls this far, even though, like we've been saying, defensive line, especially interior defensive line, is, is pretty damn deep uh, for the Browns, uh, I, I don't see how you pass on the guy. I don't see how you pass yeah, because on the potential. I think that we saw some good things from Caleb Brantley. Does he sustain it? We don't know. Right. Year two is always make or break for some of these guys. We think we think we have something special with Larry, but that, you know, Trevon Coley is uh, – it's hit or miss as well. I think I think you're drafting a guy in Brian. Well, he's still, I mean, you could move on, you could move on from Coley. You know, Shelton obviously yeah. getting closer and closer to the contract. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. guys like him do get moved in this scenario. You get younger, you get cheaper. Guys, this is what we're trying to tell you. It could be this easy and this good. I mean, I know yeah. everybody is so down, but you know, nothing here is ridiculous or out of the norm. It's not. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest yeah, think- reach, if you want to call it that, in this particular scenario that we've done is uh, Nate Solder. And even that's not, I wouldn't say it's wildly unrealistic, you know? No, because, uh, you, can down, because you can move down from four, pick up a left tackle somewhere around anywhere starting at 10, 11, 12, 13, add more picks, and you could still do Fuller, Joyner, Cobb, and other type of guys in free agency. And Christopher yeah. Hubbard. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Line, linemen like money, man. If you give them a good amount of money, they they, the I big mean, boys they like really to eat, value dude. it. The big yeah, boys like to eat. Do. That's all they want to make sure is they can cover the food store bill. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, and, and the funny thing about guard center tackle is, you know, your job doesn't change whether you're in New England or whether you're in Cleveland. You're still blocking the man across the ball. Like, you know, your job's different as a quarterback in New England and Cleveland because right, right, you're right. depending on other people. So it's it doesn't change. It, Money really speaks for those guys. So no, but if you um, follow yeah. any of these guys who've now become writers, you know the Jeff Schwartzes of the world. Every one of these guys, what do they talk about? You know, they talk about linemen, they talk about blocking, and they talk about grilling. <laughs> That's what they talk <laughs> about, dude. All right, so yeah. uh, we are done. Our our haul from the draft portion of this. Uh, I think we forgot to mention we're only doing three rounds today. Uh, probably should have told our listeners that before we just yanked a rug out from under them here. Well, uh, uh, you know, as we threw uh, an hour and 23 minutes on them, too. So, <laughs> guys, yeah. look, 
Jake needed it. And Jake, this was part of the daddy support group, bro. This is why we're here for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't wait till we do the seven round two hour special uh early April. Seven well, here's, here's the final uh, here's yeah. the final uh, uh, haul. Uh, Sam Darnold, Mika Fitzpatrick, Sony Michelle, Arden Key, Taven Bryan, and Auden Tate. Those are our first six picks. I, I don't think there's S-E-C. S-E-C. any scenario where you're not happy with that. I just I, I I can't unless you're banging the table for one of the other quarterbacks like we talked about at the top and just hate Sam Darnold for some reason. I can't imagine how you could be upset with this haul that we just brought in. And please remember, guys, we've done every one of these focusing on a different quarterback becoming a Brown. So come on. If you want to go back, check the last three. We've done them. We've done them that way, too. But go ahead, Jake. I heard you jumping in. <laughs> well, well yeah. And then uh, to go down our, our free agency, we got Nate Solder, Kyle Fuller, Marcus Joyner, and Randall Cobb at wide receiver. So we didn't even really dent the the, the pile of cash that they have. Um, and they could if they wanted to. If the right guys hit, if Allen Robinson hits and Tremaine Johnson hits hits the market and all these other guys and they want to, they could easily spend fifty million, and then they'd still have sixty million in, in yeah. cap space. So I'm really, I'm really interested in the draft, but uh, I might, I might venture and say I'm even more interested in free agency, just because it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys value Cleveland. The picture this whole entire new front office is putting together for everybody right. that that will be extremely interesting how they sell it to other people, and if we see some big names jump on board. It'll be tough to temper the excitement. I think the toughest part there is the sell of a head coach. Because yeah. a, you know any agent is going to tell a player, we don't want to go to a team with a coach in limbo. And look, there's no more in limbo than Hugh Jackson. Um, that's why everything was done to this front office. I mean, Hugh, it's like, well, look, if you go 8-8, eight and eight, maybe you got a shot. But here's the problem for Hugh Jackson. If they go 8-8 eight and eight and 18... Guess what? Now you've got guys who are a lot more promising, have a lot more potential, who now all of a sudden would say, holy crap, yeah, I'll go coach the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, that's the thing. I mean, he is such a, you know, he's such a, I, I, I can't even think of the term right now, but he is in such a tough spot because he's pissed <laughs> off some of these guys he's going to need to win for him, And all of a sudden, you know, it'll if it gets that more appealing, now all of a sudden, guys are going to come out of the woodwork and you know really be interested in taking this job from them. Yeah, we all know that uh, Minnesota's just holding flip for one year for us, keeping the oven warm so we can hire him in. Well, he you know because I mean he wasn't needed here. I do believe was the quote unquote he's not needed. So that worked out very yeah. well. And I hope I'm sure he would. Go ahead. I'm sure he would take a lot of uh, pleasure in replacing Hugh Jackson too. I, I'm sure he'd love to sell him a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sure, man. All right, guys, All right. Uh, we're, we're going to put it to bed. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Predicting the Future with Fan Speak, Locked On Browns, episode 161. Again, it was great to get Jake back out here, guys, again, talking ball. Uh, you know, Jake, me, Steven, we wish you nothing but the best, bro. Look. Absolutely. Anything you need, man, hit us up, bro. We, we, as far as the daddy aspect, you know, we ain't got sons, but we know what we're doing. So, you know, any of those questions <laughs> come along. And, you know, for the good part is, is I remember most of it. I know Steven remembers most of it. You know, you know this, the the tough moments. You know where some tears are shed. We share those through DMs. So Jake, if you need to do that, jump in the DMs. That's a better part where the tears are shed. 
But we wish you the best. Guys, I cannot appreciate everybody for all the support you've been giving us to a Locked On Browns. I'm going to load this sucker up. We're going to get this out tonight. Uh, the uh, you know overseas following for Lockdown Brown is fantastic. So you know all my Italians and all you guys in Spain and every other country. I'll have you guys ready for the uh, gym in the morning. But guys, Lockdown Browns episode 161, predicting the future with fans. Fans speak. Follow Jake Burns. Follow uh, at Browns uh, mock draft. F- uh, check out uh, DailyMockDraft.com. Guys, could not appreciate you more. Thank you so much. Everybody have a great night. Let's go Browns. Yeah, that was a blast, and holy shit, did that run long, huh? That, I didn't even feel like I felt like we even cut some stuff short. Sorry, I got weird there yeah. at the end. You were you were saying something to me, Jeff, and my cat kamikaze me off the top rope, <laughs> and I didn't hear it. Yeah, just okay. right on the lap. Well, don't worry about it. In about two or three weeks, you're gonna have your fucking son Code Brown on oh, you, shit through yes. his outfit on you, and then yeah, that's really gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, dude, I'm struggling with, so I'm changing him inside the little incubator thing, man, and he oh, just and keeps got fucking little hand holes and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's tough. He keeps he keeps fucking spraying me every time I take the diaper <laughs> off. Oh, you gotta lay the fuck, dude. I, I, dude, I, I'm a rookie, man. I don't know what I'm doing. He's so he's so no, delicate, man. He's got those little chicken legs. You gotta lay something on top of that sucker. I we have girls, so I know that, but I know you gotta lay something on top of that sucker. Yeah, bro. that's that stream is that stream is yeah, man. He is he is due north. <laughs> So he's got himself a four beer piss. Nice. That's yes, want, he, right? sh- he sure does. All right, dudes. Good stuff tonight. Yeah, all right. All right. Take care of the missus. Rub those feet, Jake. Get on it. That's, that's right. All right. Good night, guys. I'll have it up in a little bit. See you, guys. See ya.